people of who the world was not worth it. These people are persecuted. But I think it means uh, not just that the world, I don't think it means everybody is, is seething with the venomous anger, but rather they're putting the believers and the church and others that are less important and almost disregarding them and taking them as seriously as the Lord does. And uh, they, they're, they're, you know, if you're persecuting Christians, and they're, they're standing on the street while they're preaching, you know, what do you expect or whatever it is. And so it, it seems to, to not be just a hatred, but that kind of, of indifference or that kind of disregarding. Another passage that is in my little phone thing here is Luke 6, 22, where uh, in Luke 6, 22, it seems kind of a parallel path to the message, blessed are you when men hate you and ostracize you and insult you and scorn your name as evil for the sake of the Son of Man. So there he says, you're blessed if men hate you if they and I, I'm taking that to mean if they, if you're not included in their in-group, if you're outside, if, if uh, they, and it's just obvious that, that you're not one of the in-crowd and that when they decide to have their uh, fellowship times or their get-together times or their banquets or something, uh, you're not the one that they want to invite. And that, uh, I think that includes that part of that. It is true that the believers are persecuted and hated and, and mistreated, but I think it's a lot of it is just being indifferent to Christians. And I think that's what Jesus is saying there um, with his parents. Maybe one more verse. Um, Matthew, I think Matthew 24 is, let me do John, John 3. That's a good one. I'll start with that one. In John chapter 3, uh, Jesus is talking about um, everyone who does evil hates the light. That's Jesus. People that, uh, hate, that hate the light. He uses that phrase, hate the light, does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. And I think what he's saying there is um, that people that are living in sin and living in the fast lane and living for themselves that in that context, it seems to imply, as I look at that verse, that there is a, an indifference to the light and that they turn from that and pursue the, their own self-centered, their own sinful deeds. That's what they prefer. And so let me go back to Mark to Luke 14 then, and let's read that verse once again. It says there were large crowds that were going along with Jesus. And he turned and he said to them, if anyone comes to me, and this is this is uh, this is an invitation. This is clear. This is where they're coming. They're coming to Jesus. They wanted to be his disciple. They wanted to follow him. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. In other words, Jesus is saying that we need to put him first. That's I think the bottom line. He says that we need to put him first. That's a a high calling. It's not the popular gospel that we what we talk about a lot of times. You know, we believe in Jesus and stuff. It's high calling, and it's a very serious calling. And I just want you to know that I haven't been able to completely satisfy my 
conscience that I'm doing that if I should. I want to, and I know you want to, but it's, and it's really important to really seek to put Jesus first. Um, and I, I try to consciously do that. When I'm sitting at work, I don't think about that a lot and ask the Lord to help me to focus on him because he's so good. He's so worthy. And that's one of the reasons why I like to read the Psalms because in the Psalms, David speaks about the Lord. He exalts his name, magnifies him a lot, lifts him up. And David is very transparent, which uh, I think is good. It's good for me to see his struggles uh, because we do struggle and we sometimes we try to cover it up, especially when we're in an important position like David is with the king. So, but uh, to be transparent, because we're in it together. We're all brothers and sisters together. David is part of the fellowship, part of the group. And uh, he's king, but uh, we, we see, and, and I love him. I love his his heart and stuff like that. But he does, he's very transparent. In it. So Jesus talks about that, loving him, putting him first. I won't read the rest of that, but we're tonight we're coming together for the purpose of focusing on the Lord and, and seeking to know him. And uh, if you've not been in an open communion like this, it's an opportunity for you to share your heart or pray and for us to share together because the Lord has invited us to come. He is the host, and we come in anticipation and in obedience to Him. And we, it is the one service in the Bible that tells us to examine ourselves before we come. And so I'm going to open in prayer. Do we have two people that are going to do the communion? Okay. And I'm going to open in prayer, but I'm not going to close the prayer. I'm going to leave it open for anyone else that wants to pray. And then uh, after a few minutes, if it's whatever. Brian, do you mind closing it? Give it time to pray. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I'm thinking about what are we doing when we come together in your name and seeking to fellowship together around yourself. It's called communion. And that's because it is a time of fellowship and communion with you and with each other. And it is a very precious time. And I want to thank you for the invitation that you've given to us. We know that this is not going to go on forever. But right now, we meet together. This has been instituted in place of the Passover because you are the Passover. You are the Lamb. It is your blood that we were singing about that has been applied to our sin and has cleansed us. And we are very, very grateful. Very grateful to you for that. I pray for my heart. pray for my mind, my life. Thank you, Father, Father, for the fellowship of your people and that we can come and you've invited us to open your word and to look into it and to see ourselves and to see you working. I thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for this time. I pray for distractions that would be in my life. And I pray that for all of us, that if there is sin that needs to be dealt with, that you would bring it to our attention, that we would confess it so that this time we would not be hindered by these distractions and that we would have free reign, uh, that you grant us free reign by your spirit through your word to fellowship together with you. I do thank you for this time. I do thank you for your, your blessing and for your goodness. And as we were thinking about putting you first uh, and counting the cost, that is, um, that's a continual 
reminder, I think, in the writings of Tom, particularly in the cost of discipleship, you have given so much to us, and we are so privileged that you've called us to follow you. Help us to do that with all of our heart. 